BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You are listening to The Shepherd and Bellis Show. journalists in the world. He kicks ass and chews bubblegum at the same time. He is Shepard Ambellis. And without further ado, here is your host, Shepard Ambellis. Wow, we got a special show for everyone today. We got Professor Jim Fetzer with us. He's authored a book in which... um, was really controversial and got him some attention um, having to do with the Sandy Hook massacre or the um, Sandy Hook event. And uh, through all that, the professor has, I'm sure, a lot of stories to share. I myself had a run-in with some of these... uh, Sandy Hook characters and um, I have some questions for Jim and also um, I want to uh, talk about a few things that I might know um, that I found out um, Jim Fetzer welcome to the Shepherd Ambella show we got a quick segment um, this is going to be like a three four minute segment then we go to commercial then we come back and we got a long segment but uh, why don't you just tell people a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got involved in this whole Sandy Hook thing. Sure, absolutely, Shepard. My great pleasure. Well, I'm a former Marine Corps officer. I'm a retired university professor. I began doing research in the area of conspiracies in 1992 regarding the assassination of JFK, where in the wake of Oliver Stone's film, JFK, he was being subjected to massive criticism. And when I witnessed a very distinguished-looking fellow standing behind a lectern with the logo of the American Medical Association attacking everyone I knew had done serious research, debunking the Warren Commission report, calling Oliver Stone's film docu-fiction and making other attacks. I realized that if someone of his august standing, because he turned out to be the editor-in-chief of the Journal of the AMA, were to abuse his journal for political purposes, perhaps some of us with special background and abilities, such as myself, ought to become involved. I'm an expert in the areas of epistemology, methodology, and the philosophy of science. I taught courses in logic, critical thinking, scientific reasoning for 35 years. I began then bringing together the best experts to ever study the assassination of JFK. We discovered how much of the evidence had been altered or falsified, how they'd patched the x-rays to conceal a fist-sized blowout at the back of the head, that there was evidence of a second shot to the head internal to the x-rays, how they'd substituted another brain for the brain of JFK, how the home movies, including the Zapruder, had been massively edited. So 
that launched me into a trajectory of, of doing collaborative research on complex and controversial events. And when 9-11 went down, I was watching this on television where the North Tower was smoking and the South Tower, there's an explosion. And when they go down and we're told that they had collapsed, I recognize that wasn't even physically possible. But yeah, it's like myself, it, it's like they're it's blowing debris outwards and upwards, and it's shooting yeah. like uh, beams laterally, like a quarter mile out. And it's like, okay, that's a gravitational collapse. All right, <laughs> you know. Um, so I know what you're saying. We got to go to a quick break. Jim Fetzer is our guest. You can get him on Twitter at Jim Fetzer. We'll be right back with the Sandy Hook. I'm in your vaccine is a book that chronicles a parent's journey to question vaccines. Rather than focusing on long, drawn out scientific arguments, the author focuses on the simple, common sense blunders and inconsistencies around the vaccine narrative. When we break it down to how badly we've been lied to and deceived by the grand scheme, we don't need to argue deep scientific papers for days on end. If they can't get the simple questions answered and resolved, how do we expect them to tell us the truth when it comes to science? The book is not intended to tell you what to think. It simply asks you to see if you see a pattern and provides questions for you ask yourself and research that don't require you to be a scientist or medical professional. This is just one parent wanting to raise awareness among other parents. The author isn't claiming to be an expert in anything, but the best part is you don't need to be to ask these questions. Now available in paperback on Amazon Books. Just search I'm in your vaccines. That's I'm in your vaccines on Amazon Books. DNA is not your destiny. Your genes don't have to be your fate. Did you know that every disease known to man is a gene or pathway attached and assigned to them? We can show you exactly which genes and pathways are involved with your health condition and build a suggested custom protocol based on strategic compounds found in nature, the master craftsman of molecule, in order to help reverse engineer your issue. No labs required, no guesswork involved. We've done our due diligence so you don't have to. Connect the dots, get to the root, reverse engineer. Visit dna-diligence.com. We hope you enjoy what you hear on Embella's Talk Network and want to remind you to check the full schedule for live broadcast showtimes. The Shepherd Embella Show broadcasts on weekdays, Monday through Friday, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. Also, don't forget to catch the live broadcast of The Cole Report, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Central. Then on every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central, Listen to Rained Out Rantcast on ATN.Live. Also, remember, don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge. Anyone who pledges support of $50 or more will receive two of Shep's documentary film DVD videos, and his latest Electronic Beats album titled Gangstalker 2.0. All shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show. ATN.Live, The Ambellas, Talk, Network. ATN. Live. Is your car or truck experiencing ED? That's right, engine dysfunction. Has your drive life become a disappointment? Perhaps you're losing performance, or your pedal is feeling a little sluggish or soft. Maybe you're not able to go as long or as far as you used to. If this sounds familiar, then you need this little purple pill. The Gobi Fuel Boosting Tablet could enhance your performance and give you back your drive life, helping you to go longer and faster and increase acceleration, and helping you enjoy a nice, smooth ride. We are still talking about driving, right? Gobi Fuel Tablets could not only save you money at the pump, but when you share the power of this pill and help others improve their drive life, you can earn money, lots of money. So don't let ED ruin your drive life. Get Gobi Fuel Boosting Tablets today. Visit GoGasTab.com. Hey, it's Aaron from The Cole Report, and I just want to remind you, if you miss any of the live shows, you can catch the rebroadcast all week long. There's a schedule on the homepage. Click it, and it'll show you everything going on for the whole week. And if that's not convenient enough for you, you can catch the Shepard Ambella Show, the Rained Out Rancast, and the Cole Report 
on Apple and Spotify for your listening pleasure. He sometimes wears glasses to see what others don't. In past lives, he was always himself. He doesn't wear Nike, yet he still does it. He's Shepard Ambellis, and you are listening to his show. All right, we got Professor Jim Fetzer with us. You can find him on Twitter, at Jim Fetzer. Jim, this is a a fascinating topic to a lot of people, and people like Alex Jones were sued um, for defamation. You um, have had uh, legal um, issues with it as well, and I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, but I find it odd that, um, for instance, Alex Jones, um, gets sued over being able to voice his opinion on a, um, radio broadcast kind of dissecting things or whatever, maybe. Um, but you have Gene Rosin, who was the guy, the weird guy with the purple coat in the first news appearances when Sandy hook happened that day, he was on the live footage in that footage gene rosin himself a local resident says that he thought that it looked like a play he thought it looked fake like a play because of the way the school bus driver and the kids were acting out in front of his house because they were trying to be ultra loud like he made it sound like they were trying to act out like a shakespeare play or something so like isn't that guy like the first guy to say something and like, why doesn't it revert back to that guy? Like, um, do you have any comments on that Jim? And then I'll, I'll let you get into, uh, what you want to get into. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Gene Rosen was a pathetic crisis actor. I mean, he worked for FEMA, the very idea that, a a bus driver would drop off four or five or six kids, depending on the telling, because Gene Rosen could never keep it straight. He couldn't stay on the script. Would drop off children for whom Gene Rosen was neither the parent or the custodian is absurd. And it's he actually, says he says that he took them inside and gave them cookies and stuffed animals. And it's like, okay, who's dropping? I mean, this guy looks weird to begin with. It's like, is that really the guy you're going to be dropping off your kids to? You know? Shepard, who was not the parent or custodian, no right. driver. I mean, it's it was absurd on his face. Not only that, but there was no evacuation. I mean, according to the official account by Stephen Sadinsky the third, there are 489 students there that day. If you subtract 20 who allegedly had been killed, yet 469 who needed to be evacuated. The only photograph we have of any evacuation is a string of about 15 kids seemingly being led to safety by a policewoman. And yet it turns out there's a second photograph taken by the same photojournalist for the Newtown B. Shannon Hicks, where you can see there's a whole group of parents there. There must be eight or ten parents there, hands in pockets, arm folding, casually looking on, while she rearranges the kids to get a better shot. Yeah. To replace a little girl in a pink sweater and a short skirt with a little boy in blue jeans and a in a long sleeve sweater, and it is a more photographic, but it means this wasn't an emergency. This was a staged event. Now that morning, the school principal tweeted out on her Twitter, uh, Don Hutchinsburg, I believe, is Upspring. Upspring. Yeah, um, that there was going to be a drill, and there was a sign placed by the Department of Homeland Security because. Uh, apparently you found out that this sign uh, did not was not placed there by the town. The sign said something like um, everyone must check in because there was like a big drill. There was all these uh, federal vehicles that arrived ahead of time, like maybe like hundreds of federal vehicles eventually or like 
60 or something like, like it looked like a whole parking lot full but um some of these vehicles were arriving ahead of time is that right oh i'm i have no doubt you're right yeah it was wolfgang halberg who actually because uh, the community in the state had not been responding to his FOIA request, arranged for a legal hearing uh, and under oath, the first select man of Newtown, whose name is Patricia LaLorda, this is a position equal to mayor of the city, admitted when questioned about the sign that the city had not placed it, but that it had been put there by DHS and realized there wasn't any role for DHS if this had been on the legit, if this had been a real mass murder. But it, in fact, it was a FEMA drill presented as mass murder to promote gun control. Well, they, they the had a uh, select man, the mayor, the mayor essentially confirmed it. Now, they had one of the police go in there and he said this early on. And then I guess they changed their tune. But uh, he said it looked like a drill when he showed up and like people were already there and ushered him out the back like dhs or something they had no life flights they had no ambulances just nothing matched up this wayne carver guy um i guess you might have got a deposition with him and maybe you can tell us some of the interesting details from that but i don't think the guy's even telling the truth i feel like he's a cutout like a cia cutout or something um that's my opinion but also did you notice that dude wayne carver looks literally like the guy that went on stage with Donald Trump, Robert Redfield, the director of the CDC that ran the COVID operation. No, I didn't notice that. I'd be intrigued by you, that. You got to, uh, yeah, you got to check it out. Notice, yeah, but I did notice that he appeared to be make a repeat performance in Uvalde. I have video where you can see someone the same height, weight, build. He's even dressed the same white coat and all that. Wayne Carver was presented as the medical examiner of Connecticut, and to the best of my knowledge, he was the medical examiner of Connecticut, but he was the linchpin. He was the cover for the whole hoax. I have a very important photograph in the book where you see a crime scene vehicle already in the parking lot, but the windows of classroom 10 are intact, whereas they'd be shown shot out after the event. So either the crime scene vehicle and the crime tape is up before the crime has even been committed, or else they have claimed it's taken place, but they haven't finished fabricating the evidence because they haven't shot up the window yet. It would turn out they would drill holes in the window frame. The whole thing was just unbelievably fake. But where now I have a private investigator from Texas Brian Davidson, who's gone into the archives of the Connecticut State Police and discovered all kinds of photographic evidence that contradicts the official story. So when the police say they're Don Hawkspring and Mary Sherlock, who are the, as you said, the principal and then the school psychologist were supposed to be lying in the hallway in a pool of blood, he found in the hallway there are no bodies and no pool of blood. Not only that, but in a classroom where you'd expect to see a pile of little bodies and blood everywhere, not only is there no bodies, no blood, but there aren't even student chairs or desks, no teacher's desk, no American flag. All the furniture is pushed up to the side of the room. In other words, he found evidence not only that it was not a mass murder, but it wasn't even an operating school. Bethany and Aaron, if you want to jump in at any time, feel free to jump in. Uh, I don't know if you can click on that. Uh, article I just sent. That's the CDC director, Robert Redfield. Now, yes, uh, what's interesting the about the um, uh, the Wayne Carver guy, Jim, is, you know, they they killed him off. They said he died about six months after your deposition. Yeah, well, yeah, I actually did. Uh, I participated in a video deposition of Wayne Carver and was able to introduce some questions for him and had some exhibits. And among the most interesting was that I was being sued over a death certificate which had no file number, no state or town certification, and it was incomplete. It would have a status rather like a driver's license and had no driver's license number, no state certification, no state seal. I mean, it was incomplete. On its face, it was fake. It turns out that uh, 
a, 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 a legal expert by the name of Allison Menard actually discovered a, call, uh, a Connecticut statute that showed that not even parents are allowed to have an uncertified death certificate. Well, they attach a completely different set certificate that had the file number and the state and town certification to the complaint when I was initially sued and claimed there were no material differences between them, which is absurd. Material differences are one that make a difference to the legal status, and obviously having a file number, state and town certification make a difference to the legal status. But we obtained also my co-defendant, Dave Gehari, who owns Moonrock Books, obtained an additional death certificate from the town, and I obtained an additional death certificate from the state. So before the oral hearing on my case, uh, there were four different death certificates in evidence, each of which was different, all of which asserted that the decedent had died at Sandy Hook Elementary on 14 December 2012 of multiple gunshot wounds, but where there's something wrong right off the bat. And in fact, I had two forensic document experts submit their reports, sworn affidavits, that all four of the death certificates were fake. Now, what's odd, and, and, and by the way, that third one that David Gehari had obtained from the town, unlike the other three, had a partially, well, unlike the other two, the one that was attached to the complaint and the one I obtained from the state, had a partially printed number that did not correspond to the handwritten number on the second and the third, where the first, remember, didn't have a file number at all. And when I had the, uh, the reporter conducting the deposition show that to him, he reacted like a vampire to a cross. I mean, he acted like he, he said, I have no idea what that is. Now, that right there, I think, would be rather decisive evidence. Something is terribly wrong. You but know, the judge, in my case, was unflustered. He just went ahead and ruled all that was irrelevant, basically. He right, said it was. Right, right. I feel like if I was Alex Jones, I would want to just kick in the uh, court. Watergate door right there and I you know like in his case and I would want to be like um listen here let's see all these death certificates and produce them and if you can't then uh and you still keep this up then we need to exhume the bodies I mean like how how come like this doesn't go back to like the source of of things like you know and I know they made didn't they make a lot of this secret like in in some kind of like secret thing and is that how they're getting around all this it's a little different uh i had all the evidence there and so forth but in wisconsin the judge was allowed to exercise his subjective judgment and if in his opinion the evidence wasn't reasonable he could just set it aside as though it did not exist i mean this is an absurd procedure. Now, they're was, allowed to do that in that um, state. Is that right? Because they're allowed to um, gain, de uh, decide if something's relevant uh, as evidence. Is that right? The judge? Uh, the ju it's really the criterion is not relevant so much as it is reasonable. If the judge thinks that it's unreasonable, he can just set it aside. It's so, so ridiculous had, because that's... Right. That this was a FEMA drill, but the judge set it all aside. It's unreasonable and treated no, it as though it did not even exist. Yeah, it's like, okay, if you're a, a real judge or just a real person, shit, I'd want to know the answer. I'd be like, why doesn't this shit match up? And, uh, you know, I'd want to know personally, but obviously, like, something's going on there and um, they know what's going on. But early on, weren't, weren't some of these. Um, medical records and and they said you couldn't find information about some of the victims and whatnot weren't they made secret somehow or didn't they report that in the press like like a local judge like closed records is that do you remember anything on that well the 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 town clerk of newtown entered into discussions with the state legislature about not having to release death certificates for right. the kids. I think it's because she knew that releasing a false death certificate was illegal. Yeah, and they tried to act like and, it was to protect the families and all this shit, you know. And also they said, I found weird in the deposition, you know, Wayne Carver says, yeah, you know, we didn't want the parents to come look at the scene and we didn't want them to go look at their own kids 
even like have to drive an hour away. So we just told them like, don't even show up. And I guess the parents were all okay with that. Like, like, oh, okay, I'm not going to want to see my, uh, my deceased, um, you know, son or well, daughter. That's one of the oddities, yeah. Wayne Carver said that the parents were not allowed to see their children, but they were identified by photographs, which appears to have been appropriate since they only appear to have existed as photographs. I mean, uh, Noah Posner was made up out of photographs of his purported half-brother Michael Vabner when he was a child. I, I did the collaborative research we established at WFAG. If you look at my recent reports about Sandy Hook, you can see a gif in which Noah Posner turns into Michael Vabner. They have the same eyes, nose, mouth, ears, facial features. Uh, I mean, it's You know what's e what's even crazier? What you want to know something crazy? Adam Lanza looks just like David Hogg. That's crazy. Well, there, I agree. There is a certain resemblance yeah. between Adam and David I mean, Hogg. isn't that bizarre? That that's I mean, so bizarre to me, you know. It's like really wow. bizarre, and it seems like with like Sandy Hook and some of these other things, like the Boston bombing, it seems like they recycle some of these people, uh, and it just like keeps like any of these um, necessary. Uh, I guess. Do you like, think uh, that attacks. that? Do you think that these? I mean, if they're doing these FEMA drills, anyways, could like an Adam Lanza be like a deep fake to where like any old guy can wear a mask and it generates uh, uh like. Adam Lanza or the same technology was used to generate like a David Hogg interview or something. I mean, like, I wonder if we're to that point, like with like the deep well, fakes. And stuff. Yeah. Well, David Hogg appears to be a real guy. He uh, seems to have graduated from Laguna Shoals high school before he came back to Parkland to be like a student voice. His dad's in the FBI. And I think right. he was just a plant. He was just a plant. Uh, but there is a, a resemblance between the face of David Hogg and the portrait we have of Adam Lanza, which looks to me like they just took a skull and did some watercolor to create this right. image. Now, there's there's a woman from Sandy Hook who used to, you know, had a had a uh, uh, epiphany. She realized it'd been a fake, and I did several interviews with her. Now she's reverted, and now claims it was all real. And in the last interview I had with her, I was a guest with someone else. She played a little video clip of someone doing this ridiculous dancing, and they were wearing an Adam Lanza mask. I mean, it was so phony. Oh, wow. It was embarrassing that she'd even try to pull it off. But Adam Lanza, to the best of my knowledge, is a fiction, except that he did have a brother, Ryan, Right. I've even been given given the impression that Ryan maybe was originally supposed to play the role of Adam. I think you're he, right. I think it's something like that. The the neighbors didn't know about him or anything. Right. There's all kinds of oddities here, and uh, you know the the the. The Dansbury State's attorney Stephen Sadinsky did the official report. Took him about a year to do it, but it was a forensic failure because he couldn't tie together the alleged victims with the weapons that were supposed to have been used by the shooter, Adam Lanza, for example, the rifle with which he's supposed to have shot his mother did not have his fingerprints. And while they found 150 slugs in the school, they reported they couldn't match them to the AR-15. And, and how did he carry all these weapons? We got to go to a break. We'll be right back with Professor Jim Fetzer. You can find him on Twitter, at Jim Fetzer. This is fascinating. Stay tuned. Nationwide gas prices have reached an all-time record high, and there's a lot of us that are feeling the squeeze. We can help alleviate those pains at the pump through a revolutionary fifth-generation Nobel Prize fuel catalyst, now available to the public. Boost by Govi increases miles per gallon by an average of 20%, allowing you to go further, lessening how many times you need to fuel up. That's money in the bank. Just pop this little purple pill into your tank and get big gas savings. Professional truck drivers can also experience massive savings 
savings because it can also be used in diesel engines and decreases the amount of diesel exhaust fluid that's required. This unparalleled purple pill also increases octane levels by 5 points, which allows regular fuel to act like premium and is safe with over 650 million miles tested without damaging a single vehicle. It's time to free up your budget and increase your bottom line today. Visit GoGasTab.com. That's G-O-G-A-S-T-A-B.com. Hey everyone, Shepard Ambellis here. I just wanted to remind you to catch the show, The Shepard Ambellis Show, with co-host Bethany Adani and Aaron Cole every single weekday, Monday through Friday on ATN.Live at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. That's 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, ATN.Live. Be there. We hope you enjoy what you hear on Ambella's Talk Network and want to remind you to check the full schedule for live broadcast showtimes. The Shepherd Ambella Show broadcasts on weekdays, Monday through Friday, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. Also, don't forget to catch the live broadcast of The Cole Report, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Central. Then on every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central, listen to Rained Out Rantcast on ATN.Live. Also, remember, don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge. Anyone who pledges support of $50 or more will receive two of Shep's documentary film DVD videos, and his latest Electronic Beats album titled Gangstalker 2.0. All shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show. ATN.Live, The Ambellas, Talk, Network. ATN.Live. I'm in your vaccine is a book that chronicles a parent's journey to question vaccines. Rather than focusing on long, drawn out scientific arguments, the author focuses on the simple, common sense blunders and inconsistencies around the vaccine narrative. When we break it down to how badly we've been lied to and deceived by the grand scheme, we don't need to argue deep scientific papers for days on end. If they can't get the simple questions answered and resolved, how do we expect them to tell us the truth when it comes to science? The book is not intended to tell you what to think. It simply asks you to see if you see a pattern and provides questions for you ask yourself and research that don't require you to be a scientist or medical professional. This is just one parent wanting to raise awareness among other parents. The author isn't claiming to be an expert in anything, but the best part is you don't need to be to ask these questions. Now available in paperback on Amazon Books. Just search I'm in your vaccines. That's I'm in your vaccines on Amazon Books. DNA is not your destiny. Your genes don't have to be your fate. Did you know that every disease known to man is a gene or pathway attached and assigned to them? We can show you exactly which genes and pathways are involved with your health condition and build a suggested custom protocol based on strategic compounds found in nature, the master craftsman of molecule, in order to help reverse engineer your issue. No labs required, no guesswork involved. We've done our due diligence so you don't have to. Connect the dots, get to the root, reverse engineer. Visit dna-diligence.com. He always skips the first date simply because he can. He once attended a Bilderberg meeting with a camera. His two cents are worth millions. He is Shepard Ambellis, and you are listening to his show. We are talking all about the Sandy Hook event with Professor Jim Fetzer. You can find him on Twitter at Jim Fetzer. Uh, Jim, there's so much to unpack that was going on that day. Um, from my memory, um, you know, things that we can touch on for the listeners that don't know um, that I can think of. Uh, and then also we can get into your uh, cases and your denial with the uh, SCOTUS and, um, you know, some of this other uh, stuff. But um, 
from that day, I remember that there was footage where it appeared that the, um, I guess, people that showed up to the firehouse, parents and families, um, I guess, um, were circling around the firehouse and they just kept doing a loop. And then this generated, um, you know, of course, online conspiracies. But I mean, there's a lot of questions to be asked. Like, why was CNN running footage of a separate school shooting drill and made it look like this? You know, there was also like, I remember from my memory, like a camera system uh, on the building and like in some of the um, footage, it disappears or something. So it lets you know there was like two different timetables. This kind of happened with the Las Vegas shooting because they had to mock up um, separate crime scenes, um, I guess, to take pictures. But uh, what do you remember from the day and what are some of the uh, things that really stood out uh, to you for people that have never even heard of this? Well, there was an awful lot of footage out of uh, Newtown that day that was mixed. I mean, a lot of it had been filmed the preceding day when they had the rehearsal. This was a two-day FEMA drill, and it included, you know, in setting it up, they had, as you mentioned, the sign, everyone must check in. Uh, uh, They had porta-potties already in place. They had bottled water and pizza available from the firehouse, they had many wearing name tags on lanyards. Now, these all fit FEMA exercises. They provide refreshments in restrooms. I asked a police if they'd ever heard of a porta potty at a crime scene, and they thought it was a joke. Uh, they identify the players by color-coded name tags on lanyards. You even had parents bringing children to the scene. Well, think about it. The idea of a parent bringing a child to the scene of a child shooting massacre is just ridiculous. And when they didn't allow the parents to see the kids, I mean, think about that. What parent who was told they'd lost a child would not demand to see the body? In fact, one of my research colleagues, Mona Alexis Wesley, has found reason to believe that some of the kids were even faked using photographs of the parents themselves when they were children. It was that bad. Or, or there, like my theory is, uh, if this were to be all as if we're theorizing um, there's basically like CIA or high level cutouts that previously had children that died, or they just simply have photos in CIA inventory of children that are in another part of the world or are already dead that they run and in operations. I mean, I don't know, but that's like how I think they would do it. Um, Do I mean, it's just so multifaceted. There was a, one of the articles that uh, showed up early on the day that this happened. um, They said that there was a a clergy response team that showed up on the scene. Like one of the first to arrive on the scene was a clergy response team. And there's, they were praying and stuff. And then I heard uh, police radio footage of, nuns driving away nuns police were trying to track down nuns that were driving away from the scene in a van at high speed well you know it's interesting you bring that up because i was a journalist for veterans today at the time and i hadn't really noticed sandy hook much yet when my senior editor asked me to write a piece about it he said they had found men who are dressed in nuns at the scene, that they'd drawn a, uh, driven away in a white van, that they'd gone to a safe house in Greenwich Village that was loaded with Nazi memorabilia. And he wanted me to write a piece suggesting the possibility that it had been a Mossad hit. Now, I was naive and followed his suggestion and wrote the piece. It's only the two times that he interfered with what I was doing or sought to direct me, the other being when I was exposing Jade Helm 15. He did not want me to write about that, and he would give me the boot for writing about it. But in this case, he, he would tell me later it was called chunning. It's a, a, a intel technique to try to draw out other parties. Mm-hmm. But I, I rapidly discovered, I mean, the, the, the evidence was overwhelming that nobody had died, that it was a FEMA drill. 
But I've been forever, you know, haunted by the fact that in that first piece, I'd raised the possibility that it might have been a Mossad hit. But in fact, the evidence is simply overwhelming that it was a FEMA drill. We have the FEMA manual. I even have the Connecticut FEMA schedule showing it was on their agenda to be conducted on the 14th of December 2012 that... They even gave a map of how to get from FEMA down to 12 Dickinson Drive, where the elementary school was located. And, of course, I have all the other evidence uh, substantiating that, in fact, it was simply a FEMA drill presented as mass murder. In fact, one of the contributors to my book, Paul Preston, who himself as a school administrator had supervised active shooter drills, was so disturbed by what he saw broadcast from Newtown that day that he reached out to his contacts in the Obama Department of Education, all of whom affirmed to him that it had been a drill, that no students had been right. armed, and that it was done to promote gun control. Now, so everyone in Obama's Department mm -hmm. of Education knew what was going on. It was the American people who were being plagued. Well, there's, there's obviously what's called a capstone event or capstone exercise, which goes up to a presidential level, and... I believe they play these out to really role play out to see in a real world situation. Like for instance, which alternative journalist goes, you know, and says this, where, where is this information going? Who caught on to this? How, how do we plug these holes in the next one? You know, uh, they run these, uh, scenarios, but this, uh, clergy, I just, you know, they were in those articles. And now that I think about it, it was probably like a photo op and they were already on the scene. They were, I heard the police traffic where these nuns were driving away. Um, you know, so it, it's just, that makes sense that this was a FEMA drill too. And they were probably just getting some of these characters out of the area after they shot some press footage, because one of the first, um, press characters that showed up on scene and started kind of breaking this out was like i forget what you call the um agency but it's like the main press corps um it's not like AP an it's not something. like it's not like the ap it's like something that sanctions all the press and this lady was like the wife of the head guy like they sent her here like oh let's start this story let's kick it off like here you're gonna kick off you know the details and then everyone else is just gonna pick it up you know yeah i i, I know what you're saying I, I can't think of the name of it but you definitely see like that directive right like come down from from the top that controls the narrative like they do with so many other things and they've done it with um like uh, i don't know what you think about uh uh dr jim i don't think about like columbine and uvalde and everything like that but i know yeah. columbine was well before Sandy Hook, but this Uvalde thing too, it reeks, reeks to me of, of like the Sandy yeah. Hook narrative. Well, uh, yeah, actually Uvalde was based on Sandy Hook. I mean, look at the variations. He's supposed to have shot his mother, then gone and shot 21st graders in Uvalde. He shoots his grandmother, then he goes and shoots 19th, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th graders. They even recycled one of the teachers from Sandy Hook who played the role of a Uvalde teacher. Remember, there's there's the, there's the also the Pulse nightclub. And then in the Las Vegas shooting, the brother of Stephen Paddock is tied to some crisis actor DHS company that uh, it's crazy. We'll talk about it after the break. We'll be right back. This is Aaron Cole from The Cole Report. I do a live show every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. We're going to be going through all of these crazy topics every week. We're going to do deep dives into money, weather, the, the carbon, the, the planets coming in, the, the volcanoes popping. Anything they're going to try to do to depopulate us, we're going to break this down. And we're going to do it live every Saturday at 7 a.m. Central. So please come join me and let's break this shit down. Thank you. Is your car or truck experiencing ED? That's right, engine dysfunction. Has your drive life become a disappointment? Perhaps you're losing performance, or your pedal is feeling a little sluggish or soft. Maybe you're not able to go as long or as far as you used to. If this sounds familiar, then you need this little purple pill. 
the Gobi Fuel Boosting Tablet could enhance your performance and give you back your drive life, helping you to go longer and faster and increase acceleration, and helping you enjoy a nice, smooth ride. We are still talking about driving, right? Gobi Fuel Tablets could not only save you money at the pump, but when you share the power of this pill and help others improve their drive life, you can earn money, lots of money. So don't let ED ruin your drive life. Get Gobi Fuel Boosting Tablets today. Visit GoGasTab.com. ATN.Live, the Umbellus Talk Network is beyond news talk, it's cutting-edge talk, 24-7-365. Real people, real-life conversation. ATN.Live is also home to The Shepherd Umbellus Show and other great shows. The website is simple to use, and the sound quality is phenomenal. We stream in 194K audio and have a backup 64K stream for folks who don't have much internet bandwidth. Remember, don't forget, Go to ATN.Live now. And for those who pledge $50 or more, you will receive free merchandise from Shepard Ambellas. His two films on DVD video and his latest Electronic Beats album, so, show some love. ATN.Live, the Ambellas Talk Network, ATN.Live. I'm in your vaccine is a book that chronicles a parent's journey to question vaccines. Rather than focusing on long, drawn-out scientific arguments, the author focuses on the simple, common-sense blunders and inconsistencies around the vaccine narrative. When we break it down to how badly we've been lied to and deceived by the grand scheme, we don't need to argue deep scientific papers for days on end. If they can't get the simple questions answered and resolved, how do we expect them to tell us the truth when it comes to science? The book is not intended to tell you what to think, it simply asks you to see if you see a pattern and provides questions for you ask yourself and research that don't require you to be a scientist or medical professional. This is just one parent, wanting to raise awareness among other parents. The author isn't claiming to be an expert in anything, but the best part is you don't need to be to ask these questions. Now available in paperback on Amazon Books. Just search, I'm in your vaccines. That's I'm in your vaccines on Amazon Books. DNA is not your destiny. Your genes don't have to be your fate. Did you know that every disease known to man is a gene or pathway attached and assigned to them? We can show you exactly which genes and pathways are involved with your health condition and build a suggested custom protocol based on strategic compounds found in nature, the master craftsman of molecule, in order to help reverse engineer your issue. No labs required, no guesswork involved. We've done our due diligence so you don't have to. Connect the dots, get to the root, reverse engineer. Visit dna-diligence.com. On the edge of your seat, stop biting your nails, sit back, strap in, and enjoy the ride. You're listening to The Shepherd and Bella Show. or uh, at Jim Fetzer on Twitter is where you can find him. The professor's joining us right now. And, uh, you know, he wrote a book, Nobody Died at Sandy Hook. And you got some flack for that. You got into some uh, legal issues with that. And were, so, like, were they able to um, block the sales of that or anything? And also, like, um, in this last segment, can you give us any updates on like where this is headed. Um, you know, do you plan on, um, uh, deposing anyone else? And is it possible to get out of any of these people deposed if they're agents of the government or CIA or anything like that? Or would that all be shrouded in secrecy? And there's just no way to do anything or maneuver. Uh, can we force, getting birth certificates and you know just like how wayne carver ended up dead 
the guy who issued Barack Obama's forged birth certificate also ended up dead on a plane crash. But, yeah, that was, I think, a woman. Uh, oh, yeah, right, right. Uh, no, I believe Wayne Carver's alive and well. Yeah, of course, we're told he's dead. We've been told several of the Sandy Hook parents, like uh, Richmond, the guy's, a, you know, presumably a millionaire. He's supposed to be dead. The, the, the daughter he's supposed to have lost. Uh, April Richmond actually sang at the Super Bowl. She's one of a couple of the kids who actually sang there. She had an unusual birthmark. She was borrowed. Her real name is Lenny Urbana. Uh, most of the kids, however, were complete fictions, and that's why you'd have trouble tracking them. Some Let type of say, uh, some type of like CIA family operative type thing where they have to work, or they're part of like um, some kind of drill agency in the best name of the nation, you know, to better our security. You know, they need to act these things out and not tell anyone about it. I mean, like this is pretty wild, but like. You know, it's it's going on. Um, I, I mean, they have capstone exercises. It's like a known thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they actually have auditions. They have a script. They have to sign non-disclosure agreements. Some of them are coming up. They're ending at the 31st of December. We'll see whether they're going to sign on, but they get benefits. They don't pay taxes. They... They get money to go to college, things like that. So the reasons why uh, they they're cooperative, you know, they have a lot of financial benefits. I mean, they open all these been, funds uh, ahead of time as well. I miss that. I miss uh, that. They open these uh, funds ahead of time, like uh, charity funds ahead of these events. Well, but it's just absurd that they would do that. Yeah, a lot. Some were uh, posted in advance, which is revealing because obviously that means it's a fraud now all uh, my book nobody died at sandy hook which has 13 contributors including six phds established a school had been closed by 2008 i now believe it was actually closed in 2006 there were no students or teachers there it was a fema drill i even included the fema manual which we'd already discovered as appendix a in the book amazon banned the book Less than a month after it had gone on sale, on 22 October 2015, it went on sale. It had sold nearly 500 copies when it was banned on 19 November 2015. And I released it for free as a PDF. Now, that was something they had not anticipated. A friend has suggested it's actually been downloaded millions of times from the Internet for free. I was always only interested in the truth out to the public. And, of course... Publishing books is one way to do that. Uh, but the fact is that it, it, it hadn't been something they anticipated. So the lawsuit brought against me, I believe, was intended to find a way to try to take control of the book so I couldn't keep making it available, though since Amazon banned it, we did have a second edition uh, other than the banned edition. But where Moonrock Books settled during the lawsuit and agreed not to publish the book again... So they, they went after me, I think, to even try to take control of the PDF, where they could go after the sources that were releasing it for free and claim that since I'd been found guilty of defamation, that there could be some legal action taken against them. I think it's been partially successful, but not completely. Uh, all I the Alex Jones cases are fabricated in the sense that I sought to intervene in all three of the Alex Jones cases. Uh, it was unsurprising that the Sandy Hook parents wouldn't want me in there to point out that there's never been a judicial determination that anybody died at Sandy Hook, but that even the, the defendants, this was true in Remington too. I sought to intervene in the Remington case and the insurance companies preferred to shell out 73 million to having Jim Fetzer come in and explain there was reason to believe nobody died at Sandy Hook. I think they viewed that as an investment that they think ultimately we're going to have to have insurance for weapons we own, and they're going to make billions upon billions in profits. All the Alex Jones trials seem to be political theater, 
Robert Barnes, who's an expert, was actually in the courtroom in the first, and he said it was unlike any courtroom he'd ever seen, that there were three different cameras in the courtroom, one of which was focused on the jury. It looked to him like a made-for-TV movie. I believe, and others have suggested, they couldn't allow my case, even though it was rock solid, go forward with the Supreme Court, even though it provided an historical opportunity for the Supreme Court to rule that the Seventh Amendment applies to all 50 states, which surprisingly has never happened for that alone among the first 10 amendments. And where, you know, in Wisconsin, they have this shoddy summary judgment procedure that allows a judge to make up the facts. They should have straightened that out because I'm told by a retired professor of law that the abuse of summary judgment is a major legal problem in the United States, which they could have also cleaned up. But apparently they'd invested so much in this elaborate charade of these Alex Jones trials that they felt it would undo their vast investment so they couldn't allow my case to go forward. Wow. Now, a lot of people think this Alex Jones thing is ludicrous because of the the amount it's like are these people even going to get that what was the point you know was this all to just say that look no one can have an opinion no one can talk what's your final thought uh jim yeah yeah basically the idea was you, you question an official narrative you're liable to be hung out from dry i don't think alex will ultimately even pay a nickel of all that it was political theater pop propaganda Check everyone, Google uh, Jim Fetzer, check out his website, find him on Twitter, at uh, Jim Fetzer, at Jim Fetzer. Thanks, Jim. Great show. My pleasure. Thank you, Jim. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Good night, everyone. I'm in your vaccine is a book that chronicles a parent's journey to question vaccines. Rather than focusing on long, drawn out scientific arguments, the author focuses on the simple, common sense blunders and inconsistencies around the vaccine narrative. When we break it down to how badly we've been lied to and deceived by the grand scheme, we don't need to argue deep scientific papers for days on end. If they can't get the simple questions answered and resolved, how do we expect them to tell us the truth when it comes to science? The book is not intended to tell you what to think. It simply asks you to see if you see a pattern and provides questions for you ask yourself and research that don't require you to be a scientist or medical professional. This is just one parent wanting to raise awareness among other parents. The author isn't claiming to be an expert in anything, but the best part is you don't need to be to ask these questions. Now available in paperback on Amazon Books. Just search I'm in your vaccines. That's I'm in your vaccines on Amazon Books. DNA is not your destiny. Your genes don't have to be your fate. Did you know that every disease known to man is a gene or pathway attached and assigned to them? We can show you exactly which genes and pathways are involved with your health condition and build a suggested custom protocol based on strategic compounds found in nature, the master craftsman of molecule, in order to help reverse engineer your issue. No labs required, no guesswork involved. We've done our due diligence so you don't have to. Connect the dots, get to the root, reverse engineer. Visit dna-diligence.com. Hey everyone, Shepard Ambellis here. I just wanted to remind you to catch the show, The Shepard Ambellis Show, with co host Bethany Adani and Aaron Cole every single weekday, Monday through Friday, on ATN.live at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. That's 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, ATN.live. Be there. We hope you enjoy what you hear on Ambella's Talk Network and want to remind you to check the full schedule for live broadcast showtimes. The Shepherd Ambella Show broadcasts on weekdays, Monday through Friday, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. Also, don't forget to catch the live broadcast of The Cole Report, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Central. Then on every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central, listen to Rained Out Rantcast on ATN.Live. Also, remember, don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge. 
Anyone who pledges support of $50 or more will receive two of Shep's documentary film DVD videos, and his latest electronic beats album titled Gangstalker 2.0. All shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show. ATN.Live, The Ambellas, Talk, Network. ATN.Live. Nationwide gas prices have reached an all-time record high, and there's a lot of us that are feeling the squeeze. We can help alleviate those pains at the pump through a revolutionary fifth-generation Nobel Prize fuel catalyst, now available to the public. Boost by Govi increases miles per gallon by an average of 20%, allowing you to go further, lessening how many times you need to fuel up. That's money in the bank. Just pop this little purple pill into your tank and get big gas savings. Professional truck drivers can also experience massive savings because it can also be used in diesel engines and decreases the amount of diesel exhaust fluid that's required. This unparalleled purple pill also increases octane levels by five points, which allows regular fuel to act like premium and is safe with over 650 million miles tested without damaging a single vehicle. It's time to free up your budget and increase your bottom line today. Visit gogastab.com. That's G-O-G-A-S-T-A-B.com.